0: I'm gonna out. Yes, indeed, there are more questions than answers. Like, why are both SpongeBob's parents round? Like, sea sponges, while he is square. As you can tell, we are dealing with some of the most important questions that are on everybody's lips. Perhaps his mother had an affair with a piece of toast. Hi, America. Hello, world. My name is Adrian Lee, and as you can tell, I've run out of rhetorical questions. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers. The only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment and enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I am huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting or for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and all value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. First, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris. She has been a paranormal investigator for many years with her own team called Hellhound Investigations and does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather has spent all week wondering how mermaids make babies. Welcome to the show, Heather.
1: (coughs) I do wonder about that, You've actually. You've not come
0: up with any conclusions?
1: No, not yet.
0: I'm guessing it's in the deep end.
1: Oh, no. We also
0: have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim wondered all week how you would know when your bagpipes need tuning. Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. That sounds like a really bad pickup line, doesn't it? Oh, sweetheart, my bagpipes need tuning. Did you see how I went into an East London accent then? All of a sudden, it was like, oh, blimey, Mary Poppins. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know either. Very strange and very bizarre. Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC outside broadcast department. He is also our sound engineer and producer greg sneaked into the cinema this week to see if they still show a film if nobody buys a ticket welcome to the show (laughs) does anyone know the answer to that if they do not sell a single ticket do they still show the film what happens do we know is there anyone out there who's running a cinema at the moment
1: i would think maybe because you always have latecomers.
0: this is true and i wondered if they're now automated so there's no longer anyone in the projection room They're all automated and they're all digital projectors and it just goes off at a certain time and they're left running. I don't see why they wouldn't run them. Back in the day, of course, you had to have a projectionist there because each film would contain many reels and you had to change the reels over to keep the film going.
1: Or to splice it, right?
0: Yes, absolutely. So ultimately, you know, this reminds me, I did an investigation at the Mounds Theatre in St. Paul And uh, there's a projection booth there. And this theatre is an Art Deco theatre from the 1920s, early 1920s. And the lady who ran the theatre said she kept hearing the sounds of coins dropping on the floor. And there was no one there. And I ran a DVR, a digital voice recorder, doing a vigil in the projection room and I also picked up the sound of coins dropping on the floor and I wondered what on earth could be going on but I did some more research and what used to happen is the projectionist would put a coin like a a dime in the reel of film towards the end and he'd sit there having a cup of tea reading his newspaper when the spool of film was winding through the projection um, the projector the coin would eventually be set free and would drop to the floor and make a noise and then the projectionist could go and change the film and knew that he had three or four minutes to swap the reels over to keep the film going. So it's very interesting getting a residual noise of a coin dropping, not knowing why that noise was there. And then after the event, doing the historical research to back that up, would almost go to prove to a certain degree that paranormal activity exists because we didn't know why that was to start with, and we had to go and find it. So I found that very, very interesting. But if there's no one in the film, of course, it's obviously a film by Adam Sander, I would suggest. Oh, no. (laughs) We are on series two, show... 15 and before we start on things that are 15 and things that are amazing about the number 15 I just want to send a big thank you out to all of our listeners on darkmatterradio.net going out live to the universe and beyond at 10 o'clock on a Friday night but we have more listeners apparently last week we had more listeners in Denmark than we did in America and Britain how is that even possible how are we a hit in Denmark tell me how that's possible What are we doing that makes the Danes funny? Famous, of course, for bacon and uh, Carlsberg lager. But it just makes, it's amazing. You sit here in a small studio in Mountain Lake in the deepest, darkest parts of the Midwest, down in southwestern Minnesota, and you get people listening. Last week, for example, there was people listening in Singapore and Malaysia and Russia. And Denmark apparently had more hits for the listening of the radio show than any other country. Maybe none of them can understand English which is why they think it's so funny. (laughs) Perhaps on the back of the fact that no one can stand English is why America's third on the list. Oh, Uh, controversial.
1: Maybe they think we're funny.
0: No, your audience, ladies and gentlemen, would be my (laughs) sound advice. So a big thank you to the Danes out there. And if you wish to listen to any of our archive shows over the last two years, you can go to soundcloud.com and type in MQTA radio, and you can sit there and listen to them while you're in the gym or jogging or trying to avoid doing any work around the house now 15 show 15 series 2 15 is the number of the devil card in tarot i can't put any positive spin on that that's just not a card you want to be honest in the uk a minor can be sent to prison to await trial at the age of 15 which seems a bit unfair on minors when all they do all day is dig underground i would suggest in pakistan 15 is designated as their emergency number. So like you have 911 here and we have 999 in Britain. If you get lost in Lahore or caught in Karachi or pulled over in Peshawar, then you will be familiar and you need to know what number 15 is. The longest word you can make in the English language that does not repeat any letters is 15. You can't get a word longer than 15 letters long that doesn't repeat a letter so uh, if any people want to use that fact that is uncopyrightable
2: what is the word
0: uncopyrightable (laughs) (laughs) kim's on minus one
1: (laughs) it wasn't me this time (laughs) there are there
0: are three other words and they're almost unpronounceable but uncopyrightable (laughs) was one of the four words that have 15 in them that i can actually pronounce so without any further ado we need to run into the round uh, hold on Oh, we're getting carried away, are we?
1: Yes. Don't you have some fun and exciting news?
0: Yes, it turns out, and who knew? Um, I'm actually pregnant, so (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what got into me. Um,
1: (laughs) We do. (laughs) I'm just slightly
0: concerned about what the neighbours are going to say at the moment, so that's my main concern. No, this is true, actually. Um, I always um, balk at the idea of bringing up my own PR on our radio show, but I did want to make our listeners aware, as Heather quite rightly jumps in and informs me i actually have a book out uh, this week it came out a few days ago it's available on ebooks on amazon at the moment physical copies will be available in the next couple of weeks and I'll, I'll announce that on the show but if people wish to go onto amazon i have a book out i've been working on for four years now with my publisher calumet editions and it's called how to be a christian psychic what the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. If people are interested, that's a project I've been working on for four years. It is now available on eBooks at a very reasonable price of $3.99. And I think the reason I started writing that book back in the day is the fact that as a psychic and a Christian, I was absolutely fed up with right-wing fundamentalist Christians telling me that it was the devil's work and ghosts don't exist and what I'm doing is Satanism and this, that and the other. And that was not my experience of the good book. I'd read the good book, and I'm thinking, that's not my experience. That's not what I'm reading, because I don't think you can claim to be a Christian and not believe in a spirit realm. So when people said to me, oh, you're a paranormal investigator, the Bible says ghosts don't exist. You know, I used to read the stories where Jesus would take three of his disciples up Mount Sinai and actually show him talking to the ghosts of Abraham and Ezekiel when he walked across the water towards his disciples after the resurrection he said don't be scared i'm not a ghost so out of the very lips of jesus he's suggesting ghosts exist and if we use the phrase what would jesus do then jesus talks to ghosts and he shows his disciples that it's okay to talk to ghosts so as a paranormal investigator psychic healer and christian i thought from a historical perspective this book needed to be read just so we can claim back the spiritual aspects of the bible that everyone seems to want to throw out, I guess. Corinthians 2.1 is the place to read. Paul says in Corinthians 2.1, the good Lord bestows the gift of healing and prophecy on mankind, and it's up to mankind to go forward and heal and prophesy his fellow man. And uh, those gifts should not be questioned. So if people are interested, it's a fabulous book. I've read it at least twice. I can highly recommend it. <laughs> it's available currently on Amazon in ebook form at the moment. And uh, it's $3.99. It's called How to Be a Christian Psychic what the Bible says about mediums, healers and paranormal investigators. And that will be advertised on all of our Facebook and multimedia sites. So thank you for bringing that, Heather, up. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk about that in the near future. So we run with crucifix in hand with our Bible clutched into the round that is ghosts and hauntings. And I have a story here from Ohio. It says, Ohio photographer captures ghostly figure floating outside an abandoned mall has anyone seen the photographs by the way of abandoned malls there's a a photographer that's gone around the country and i have to say this is kind of the disease of uh, capitalism at the moment and uh, there's a couple of malls where we live Mm -hmm. and they're abandoned and they're very creepy but it's this amazing sense that you know back in the 50s the 60s and the 70s the mall was the place to be and as a foreigner living in america you see tv shows on the telly where they go to the mall And uh, yeah, they have a milkshake or they hang out in their shops. And this is unique. This doesn't happen perhaps in Britain and other places. It's a very American thing, if you like. So to see the demise of those is almost like losing a piece of American culture. But there is a photographer out there that goes around taking pictures of disused malls. And you can see where the fountains have gone green. And there's weeds and plants growing up on the inside throughout the cracks. And uh, didn't they use a disused mall in a zombie film? Which was the zombie film where they're running around a disused mall? And they used it to uh i'm I'm testing your knowledge and there are points at stake and every listener to the show is currently shouting out the name of that wasn't dawn of the dead was it it
1: might have been yeah
0: something along those lines but i shall continue with my story it says an amateur photographer captured something strange outside an abandoned mall in ohio recently if it was something strange outside a mall in ohio i'm guessing it was a smartly dressed intelligent employed person oh no <laughs> oh, no! no. Oh, heather goes oh no we've lost the two listeners we've got in ohio i can only I'm, apologize i'm
1: starting to check them off I'll keep going <laughs> i know I'll, I'll get to wisconsin and
0: iowa shortly Tonya Nesta was in a village of North Randall taking photographs of the former Randall Park shopping mall this weekend. A friend of hers noticed something strange in one of the photos and sent it to the local news asking, Is there a ghost floating around Randall Park Mall? randall park mall was once the largest mall in the world i didn't realize that actually it said it was built in 1976 was opened on the fourth of july weekend so when you're celebrating all the deaths of all the brits and how you kicked our house then you obviously were celebrating opening up a shopping mall at that particular point i will mention of course that minnesota has the biggest shopping mall in america the mall of america and i took my parents there people come from all over america and around the world to go shopping in this place it's amazing And I took my parents there and my parents were very impressed that around the food court, they actually make the floor sticky so blind people can tell where the food is. (laughs) They were quite impressed by that. But it says the mall closed its doors in March 2009 with demolition beginning in December 2014 to make way for an industrial park. When my girlfriend's cousin took the photo, nothing was there. But when we took it home and viewed the photo, we saw a ghostly figure in the corner. After the photo was posted on Twitter, many sceptics believe that the alleged spirit was nothing more than a smudge on a dirty car window. Still, other folks believe that the abandoned mall is haunted, and a few of them have even reported seeing ominous shadow figures darting around inside. Nesta thinks that the figure is an angel. Because angels have got nothing better to do, of course, than go around disused shopping malls. It's no surprise, is it? When I go and do my psychic work, I often find spirits hanging out on golf courses or fishing or doing a bit of gardening, the things they enjoyed doing, you know, when they were alive. It would be no surprise to me that there'd be a large number of people that enjoy shopping so much that I can imagine them in spirit. Wandering around shopping malls. I mean, that would come as no surprise, would it, I guess? Mm-hmm. So I think that's ultimately possible. But if you wish to see this smudge on a dirty car window, there's claimed to be a ghost in the disused mall that is Randall Park Did in Ohio. Did you say it was
1: on a dirty car window?
0: They claim it looks like a smudge on a dirty car window. It's but not
1: bird scat, is it? <laughs> the,
0: the ghost of bird scat.
1: <laughs> I It's the
0: ghost of a worm that a bird once ate. Have you uh... ever been haunted by worms? No, <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Can you imagine a horror film where they're playing the music? I did music?
1: see a video of a worm this weekend, though.
0: Did you? Do we need to know about this? or is just a private was thing. I know
1: which a, one you're talking about. I, I shared. I shared it on my Facebook wall. Did you see it? No, it was. Gr- I, it was green. That's what I thought you were going to tell. Yes,
2: I saw it. It's disgusting. And they've
1: never seen it before. It was a green worm-like thing, and it actually could stick out a. a I'm assuming it's its tongue. Let's hope so. (laughs) I couldn't tell if it was a tongue or if it was spitting or what. Well, worms are are very
0: famous for having large tongues, of course. You often get worm tongues. You
1: didn't pay attention to my wall, did you?
0: No, not recently.
1: You should go see the green worm with the tongue.
0: If people want to see the green worm with the tongue, (laughs) then Heather Morris's wall is the place to be, apparently. If you're haunted by a worm, do you sit there in bed and suddenly you see the ghost of a worm that a bird has once eaten? And slowly it's crawling towards you. I don't know why I'm doing the movements with my finger at the moment because all of our listeners can't see this. But for the benefit of the people listening, I'm currently doing the universal the, the universal, the s- the universal sim- symbolism of worm moving along ground with finger. And uh, I found that to be very useful. So can you imagine you're lying in bed and you've got like a 20-minute wait before the worm actually gets to you? Zombie worms, this is where we are. You've read the book. You've seen the film. now dig up the worms i guess is where we are all the worms that you've put on a hook greg in your fishing career have come back to haunt you
1: (laughs) see how that works
0: how many worms do you think that would be how many worms would you be how many worms have you killed genocidal greg of wormage how many how many (laughs) probably just a couple genocide of annelids greg gore yes
1: that's how we caught all our walleye last year
0: No, I caught all the walleye last year. No one else caught anything, if I remember rightly. If it wasn't for me, no one would have had any dinner.
1: I caught a northern.
0: Yes, well... I I got the biggest one. uh, Is that right? (laughs) Stillwaters run leap. Run Run leap. leap. Stillwaters run leap. Because Greg very rarely says anything. He's like a guru, mystically sitting in the corner. And apparently he's got the biggest one. And I'm not in a position to argue because Minnesota's very cold. Heather, what have you got for me tonight in the round of worms and Greg's appendage?
1: Uh, old hand found in Florida attic with coins and a treasure map.
0: Old hand? Old hand. Wow.
1: If you've ever cleaned out your grandparents' attic, you know that you might find some weird things up there. I don't want to talk about it. There must them. be a
0: joke in there to do with your granddad and an I, old hand. We,
1: we don't do it. No. Nope. <laughs> One Florida family recently discovered that this can include a hand. Mike Lopez and his sister was cleaning out their grandparents' attic when she found a wooden box with a wedding photo of their great-grandparents, a Tampa-area map, some coins, and what appears to be a human hand all arranged inside.
0: It always happens in Florida, doesn't it? I know. know exactly where this story came from. I think they must have gone back in the day to the second-hand shop.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was such a good joke. Why don't you let me give you a hand? No?
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, where would we go?
1: The map bears the word Gaspar, and Lopez told WFLA that he thinks it may be connected to the legend of the 18th and early 19th century Florida pirate Jose Gaspar. Never heard of him, sorry.
0: The Handless Pirate. If I had a hand, I'd have so much fun with it. I'd hide it in people's beds. I'd put it in the toilet for them. I'd uh, run around the bar rubbing it on people's heads. I'd hide it in boxes. I'd put it in the vegetable rack and scare the children. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: This uh, Gaspar was actually known as Gasparilla, and there is an annual festival in his honor. Despite Gaspar's place in the Tampa area culture and folklore, there's no proof that he was actually real, and this was probably a myth that originated with a railroad company advertisement in the late
0: 1800s. Is this why we think some pirates have a hook on their hand? Because obviously they've lost their hand in some sort of.
1: That maybe that's battle. it.
0: There you go.
1: Uh, what they're saying is that they certainly believe it's a hand. Um, but the treasure map is likely a blueprint from the 1920s or 1930s, and the coins look too thin to be authentic Spanish treasure or even very old. So someone's why cut would their... it be there, and why would you be storing it in your attic?
0: I think someone's cut their hand off just to play a joke on people, to be honest. <laughs> would you do it? No, I wouldn't, because I wouldn't be able to operate my digital watch anymore, and that would be the worst thing that could ever happen to me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um While the hand appears to be real, experts who have seen it are still uncertain. The jury's still out.
0: There we go. Haunted by a hand. Slightly one-up from a worm with coins. And Heather does the universal symbol for coins by rubbing her fingers together. (laughs) Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of hands, worms, and Greg's large appendage?
2: Well, Greg does have the largest hard drive. We know that. This is true. (laughs) I'm starting to feel a little uncomfortable.
0: (laughs) I'm smoking a cigarette.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dowsers tap into far more than water at an annual convention. This is in Lindenville, Vermont. Some journey here to learn an ancient practice, others to hone their skills. Many return year after year. More than 300 people, a few from as far away as the United Kingdom, attended the American Society of Dowsers' 55th Annual Convention and Expo.
1: It's been going on for 55 years? I was surprised at that,
2: too.
0: If you've only got one hand, your dowsing days are over, aren't they, to a degree? so I'm saying. You're only going to get half the clue come through. That's That's what I'm suggesting. So we never thought of this, do we? It's like when you lose a big toe. You could never wear a sandal, thonged sandal again, and that would be a concern. But if you've got one hand... Your dowsing days are over. I'm getting depressed. I'm really worried now. Concerned. Hmm. They must all have two hands, I'm suggesting. I would suppose so.
1: How do they wear handcuffs? Oh, but you could use a.
0: Don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just put that in place. A pendulum. There you go. How's your pendulum? To continue.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Practitioners use metal rods, forked sticks, and pendulums, and what they say is they're subconscious to tap into a universal natural knowledge to find water or minerals underground or lost objects like a set of keys. Scientists who have studied dowsing say it is no more reliable than guessing and that dowsers subconsciously move divining rods in response to their surroundings rather than drawn by a mystical force. Mm -hmm. Donna Rizzo, a groundwater hydrologist and professor of civil and environmental engineering at the University of Vermont, said dowsers may be unconsciously using factors such as topography, temperature, and vegetation to locate groundwater. She says, I'm always looking for why there would be a physics-based reason for why this would happen, and honestly, I can't come up with one, she said, although she's curious about the practice.
0: Well, dowsing's been around for very centuries. They used to find water using twigs and the like back in the day and uh, to drill wells and the like. That's been going for a very, very long time, almost back to medieval periods. I would suggest, that's in Vermont, did you say?
2: Yes. Yep.
0: I was in a bank once and I'm always in line at the bank because whichever line you get in the course isn't going to go down. I often find myself, you know, in a bank line and there's a guy in front of me of a wheelbarrow that's just come from the penny arcade. But I was in line at a bank and a guy behind me started a conversation with me when he heard my accent and I asked him where he was from and he said he was from Vermont. And uh, being foreign, I said, well, what's Vermont famous for then? What would, what could you tell me about Vermont that I wouldn't know or something I could remember? And he turned around and said, the best cheddar cheese in the world comes from Vermont. And I said, no, I think you'll find the best cheddar cheese in the world comes from cheddar, and uh, which is in Somerset in Britain. And we <laughs> argued the point. And uh, I had to beat him down with a large stick until he pleaded um otherwise is where we are <laughs> talking of cheese i was really shocked this week when we was going around the supermarket and i saw that there was chihuahua cheese i found that remarkable i was almost on the phone to peter i couldn't believe it is there small children around the world milking chihuahuas in battery cages how much milk would you get from a chihuahua anyway i was informed by PETA that actually chihuahua cheese comes from chihuahua in mexico and isn't actually made from the milk of chihuahuas I didn't know. Who knew? I'm learning stuff Why? all the time. Why? There are more questions than answers. I'm going back to Florida. Great. Because we're very rarely away from Florida, are when we? When are
1: we going to start that Florida category?
0: Uh, we're going to have a... <laughs> And the last round of the evening is stuff that's going on in Florida. That's right. Florida woman who allegedly bit wheelchair-bound man in vampire attack now accused of stabbing boyfriend with scissors. I like these really short, sharp, snappy headlines you get in the newspapers in Florida. A northern Florida woman who once allegedly called herself a vampire before chomping on an elderly man's face is now accused of stabbing and cutting her boyfriend with scissors, according to police. Normally sounds like the woman I end up dating, to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Escambia County Sheriff deputies arrested Josephine Smith, 26, of Pensacola on Tuesday afternoon after she allegedly attacked her boyfriend L Wynne during an alcohol fueled argument, said Sergeant Andrew Hobbs. Smith tried to kick out the windows of the police cruiser and started babbling about the bloodthirsty mythical creatures again en route to being booked, Hobbs said. Wynn said that she was very angry about being unemployed and had been using the pair of scissors to modify clothing before she turned against him. He told the TV station that he didn't want to press charges against Smith, who he said was simply mentally ill and is the sweetest (laughs) person I've ever met. Don't worry about the 33 bodies you've just found in the backyard. I'm simply (laughs) mentally ill.
1: And very sweet, apparently. (laughs) Absolutely.
0: He was great with the kids as well, and he was always a very quiet man. I can't believe he walked around the house in other people's skin faces. State law, however, (laughs) dictates that aggressors in domestic abuse incidents must be arrested, regardless of the victim's wishes, Hobbs said. Smith is currently incarcerated on felony aggravated battery charges, according to the county inmate records. She previously served six months after she allegedly assaulted a wheelchair-bound man if she was found guilty it's no longer allegedly assaulted it is assaulted isn't it yeah a wheelchair-bound man in st petersburg in 2011 milton smith 69 allegedly she tore off part of his face and lips with her teeth after proclaiming herself a vampire on the porch of an abandoned hooters restaurant (laughs) Things you never ever thought you would say live on air. Let me just read. Abandoned (laughs) Hooters? That's right, abandoned Hooters. Um, Things you never thought you'd say live on air. She tore off the part of his face, proclaiming to be a vampire in an abandoned Hooters. Unbelievable. Police found her at the scene, half naked and coated in blood, according to the paper. She professed to not remember anything. Tales of Florida. Heather, you have one more story you're crowbarring into the round of i am ghosts hauntings vampires and mythical worms and
1: now i'm gonna bring a fortune teller
0: you're gonna do fortune telling are you're gonna yeah. be a tall dark stranger go on a journey and be lucky you're with gonna the love number this
1: one eight if you're gonna love him
0: okay her. i'm, I'm, I'm ready her. to go i'm poised and ready to go
1: new york man says the fortune teller scammed him out of seven hundred thousand dollars
0: seven hundred thousand yes dollars yes that's almost three pounds
1: <laughs> so, the exchange rate's not great at
0: the moment, I have to tell you that.
1: <laughs> a New York man who sought help from a fortune teller to fix a romantic relationship says she scammed him out of more than $700,000. Now, the allegations have the Manhattan psychic, Priscilla Del Maro and another pers- person facing charges of grand larceny. Priscilla? Priscilla.
0: Never date hairdressers, strippers, and women called Priscilla.
1: Apparently. Okay. Well, he didn't date her, he just gave her money.
0: Uh, Well, it needs to be avoided then, I would (laughs) say.
1: Okay, don't give her money either. No. The 32-year-old Brooklyn man told police he consulted Del Maro in August of 2013, who told him that evil spirits were keeping him from a woman he claimed to love and wanted to be with who did not share his same affections.
0: So I'm going to force her to like me by doing spells?
1: Uh, Getting a psychic to help.
0: What could be more Christian and philanthropic than forcing someone to like you against their will?
1: I know. In a statement he and a private investigator presented to detectives last month, the man said that the 26-year-old psychic told him that he and the woman Michelle were twin flames being kept apart by negativity. Delmaro told him spirits talked to her, so he made multiple payments to her over 20 months.
0: If he's paid her $700,000, he's only got himself to blame. I mean...
1: Would you like to hear how he spent some of this?
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, according to the man, those payments included $80,000 for an 80-mile bridge she said would trap evil spirits into another realm for him. Mm -hmm. And then a $30,000 Rolex she claimed would cleanse the sins of his past...
0: And Greg, I, then- <laughs> I can see me getting the sins of my past cleansed if you buy me a Maserati in bright yellow. If that helps, it's not going to happen.
1: <laughs> and then, uh, forty thousand and sixty-four dollars for a Tiffany diamond ring to protect his energy. Wow, is what she got, along with other payments totaling as much as forty thousand dollars. The man, who has not been identified in court documents, wonder why, told the police that he had spent hundreds of thousands of dollars before finding out in February 2014 that Michelle had died.
0: Oh, no. (laughs) Quick, dig her up.
1: But the man wrote Delmaro said she could be reincarnated. Oh, my. I know, right? More payments and a trip to seek out the new Michelle followed before the man said he decided to go
0: to police. How could a psychic machine be if she's still working on this and the woman had died sometime previously?
1: (laughs) By then, by the time he actually went to the police, he was out $713,000. Delmaro and the 27-year-old Bobby Evans were arrested on May 26th. And their lawyer, Jeffrey, somebody denied the man's allegations altogether. So isn't that
0: crazy? As a psychic, I have to say, when people come to me and say to me about their love life and their romances and their partners and so forth, I have many ladies come to me and they often ask me the question, is this the right guy for me? And I don't turn any cards over or give them a response because I say to them, if you have to ask it's not the right person for you because if it's the right person for you the angels are singing and uh, someone's hit you over the head with a bat every time you see them you do not need to ask a psychic if it's the right man for you or the right woman for you because you know you wouldn't need to ask anybody would you so when women say to me is this the right man for me all i turn around and say is if i have to turn over a card and that gives them their answer doesn't it to a certain degree that doesn't sound unreasonable does it right or am i just an old romantic at heart probably there's silence in the room (laughs) it's in there somewhere i tell you hidden in a little chest with a key i am now going to run into the round that is ufos and cryptozoology it's green men it's hairy beasties i'm going to tell you the scores i'm level in first place with heather on four points each just because we've read two stories out and kim's only read one kim did start the round on minus one forgetting me to say the word uncopyrightable and greg is currently on one point because he told the entire staff here in the studio that he's is apparently the biggest
1: we start here with a story that says
0: you got a point for that nasa plans sending humans to mars in a giant flying saucer spacecraft of giant proportions are going to take the first humans to mars by 2035 as nasa has big plans to send spacecraft larger than anything it has ever sent to the planet before that wouldn't be difficult would it to send anything that's bigger than what's been there before because all that's been there before is probes right
1: and the mars rover right yeah
0: you could send up a smart car and it would suddenly be the biggest thing that's ever got to mars the low density supersonic decelerator or ldsd Project includes a flying saucer that could take astronauts to the surface of the red planet for the first time in the near future. 2035, so obviously a new meaning for the word near, near future. future I hadn't previously been aware of. <laughs> to ensure that the spacecraft will be ready for the critical task, the space agency scheduled a test flight off the coast of US Navy's Pacific Missile Range in Hawaii. The test flight involved transporting the spacecraft above Earth's atmosphere with the use of a balloon. High technology there from the 18th century. (laughs) The NASA technology used to land the Curiosity rover on Mars in 2012 won't be enough for heavier payloads such as manned mission. So the US-based space agency is pushing the boundaries of the current spacecraft technology with their LDSD project. It plans to design the safest most cost-effective way of slowing a spacecraft down once it has entered Mars atmosphere it's amazing to me that this is called the LDSD it's incredibly close to LSD isn't it imagine all these NASA professors there from the 60s wearing their flares going yeah man I love all that me I'm gonna go up to Mars man it's gonna be like a giant balloon man and it's a great big balloon and it's gonna come down man it's all great and no keith richards oh no, right. <laughs> to, to slow down a tremendous flying saucer moving at incredible speeds the technology includes two major components one a saucer shaped body and two an enormous blow-up tube called the supersonic inflatable aerodynamic decelerator or the sa or the siad my dyslexia kicked in then
1: <laughs> i went to a
0: dyslexic acid house party once and took an f <laughs> so, there was a guy in the corner injecting a heron. And apparently that wraps itself around the body. Ever had an enormous what, a heron? A heron, yes. I'm just gonna wrap myself <laughs> in this heron. It's my summer collection. The crane got away, unfortunately. Ever had an enormous tube wrapped around your body, Greg? No, I yeah. am. Okay, well the night is still young. Heather, what have you got for us in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
1: Is a skull found locked in a buried box proof of werewolves? Oh, yeah, I know. A farmer says he told he was told that he may turn into a werewolf amid claims he unearthed this creepy skull of one of the mythical monsters buried in a locked box.
0: You ever dug up a box and a skull and got hairy in the night?
1: Nope. I guess it could happen. Nope. <laughs> have
0: you ever found any, all the fields that you have around your property, have you ever found anything that's been bizarre? Have you ever come across anything while you've been plowing or has there ever been any strange and bizarre things? No. Nope. Meteors? I haven't found one. Nothing. You have got bodies buried in your backyard, there, haven't you? Yeah, I have the done them. I've- we haven't done those <laughs> <up>. <laughs> let's
1: not let's start. leave those there yeah. for now
0: i will i will say in greg's defense we haven't got random bodies buried in the backyard this is back in the pioneer days when bodies would die in a family out on farms and uh, it was advised back in the period not to bring bodies into the town if they would died from diphtheria and the like because they didn't want to contaminate
1: influenza I'll break
0: absolutely yeah the spanish flu of uh 18, 1918 1920 so this isn't uncommon and uh, very recently i was going for a rock pile in the Woods at the back of my house, and actually found a couple of gravestones. So it's all very strange and bizarre. But do continue, Heather.
1: Uh, Mr. Draganoff claimed to have. Drag him a, off. Drag off. off. Yes.
0: <laughs> we need an undertaker called Drag him <laughs> off. Drag off and sons.
1: Claimed to have unearthed the chained box while plowing a field in a small village of Novo in Macedonia. Inside, Bulgarian-born Mr. Dragunov claimed to have found the strange werewolf-like skull. Balkan folklore states werewolves, shape-shifting wolf-like creatures, should be disposed of by decapitation and burning of the body following an exorcism. I thought they were supposed to be shot with a silver bullet.
0: Um, On the back of the fact they don't really exist, I think you can say anything, to be honest. But yes, How silver do you know bullets. they
1: don't exist?
0: This is true. This is more questions than answers. That's right. So, werewolves in Macedonia could, in theory, exist. I that, hear what you're yeah, saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. Neighbors in the village have warned him that he may have released the spirit of the mythical beast and risk turning into one himself. Did you know that?
0: This is not good news, is it?
1: Not for Mr. Draganoff, who. If he's turning
0: that- into a werewolf, how will he be able to get anywhere? Because he's not going to be able to pass a lamppost, is he? It's going to take him ages to get up Main Street. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? <laughs> he's going to be sniffing and weeing on everything.
1: Well, what they're saying is that he will be reborn as a werewolf. If that is now my fate, so be it. What's done is done. The skull is allegedly wolf-like, but with an enlarged cranium found only in primates such as humans, gorillas, and monkeys.
0: And people from Wisconsin.
1: (laughs) Have have enlarged (laughs) craniums? I think you're mistaken.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't possibly comment. We've lost our one listener. Oh, no. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Scott. It's been good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Many people suspect Mr. Dragonoff's find was, in fact, a hoax. And amid claims, the wooden box he allegedly found it in did not appear to be as rotten as they would have expected it to be had it not been buried in mud for any length of time. And the straw inside the box appeared to be fresh. Others felt it was a genuine baboon skull that was used or even an artificial one. But why would a baboon skull be in Macedonia? Macedonia, I've been to
0: Macedonia. Alexander the Great came from Macedonia. I flew on Macedonian Airlines. And this is the kind of airline you go on where there's chickens running up and down the aisle. And they run out of seats. So there's actually people standing up like they're on a bus. And when they came around, you know, they give you pretzels and peanuts. They had nothing. So we got little toys that you'd get out of a cornflake packet. It was incredible. The stewardesses were bigger than me. They had tattoos and arms like Popeye. If there was a fire or something happening, they'd be throwing people out. It was a remarkable journey. I shall blog about it one day once I've got past my therapy. But Macedonian Airlines, fantastic. Fantastic. I didn't realize they still flew Dakotas. What do I know? Back to the story, you are now on a resplendently six points. Kim, what have you got for me in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology?
2: Michigan police look for horse killing Sasquatch or big cat.
0: Wow. Horse killing.
2: Yep. Uh, Police and wildlife officials in Sanilac County, Michigan, are warning residents to lock up their pets and livestock and keep their children indoors until they determine what kind of large creature or animal killed a 1,200-pound horse in broad daylight. Wow. That's a huge horse, isn't it?
0: It is a large one, yes. Can't deny it. Uh,
2: In this part of Michigan known as the Thumb, locals fear the killer could be anything from a coyote to a cougar to a sasquatch. The killing occurred on Sunday in a rural area of Sanilac County, a mere 80 miles north of Detroit. The location is called the Thumb because it is on the peninsula protruding into Lake Huron that looks like the thumb of a mitten when you look at a map of the lower peninsula of Michigan. Sanilac County Animal Control Officer Jim Matson investigated the report of a horse being bitten and bleeding to near death. The owners were in their house, heard commotion, went outside, and the horse was bleeding badly from the rear hoof. No other animal was seen. Sergeant Darren Simon of the Sanilac County Sheriff's Office issued the warning to keep animals and children inside. He suggested the killer was larger than a small animal and possibly a coyote. Local local residents, though, aren't so sure. Social media sites recorded fears of cougars, sasquatch, and other creatures, both real and rumored. There have been numerous sightings of cougars in Michigan's Upper Peninsula and a few in the Lower Peninsula. Michigan is also a hotbed for Bigfoot sightings. In 1993, there were footprints found in Sanilac County, a sighting of three in a cornfield there, and a report by two witnesses of a woman being picked up and dropped off by a Bigfoot she accidentally bumped into.
0: Accidentally. No, that was
2: at a bar at 1 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was the Sanilac County horse attacked by a Bigfoot, an alien big cat, dog man? As of this writing, no one has seen any, and the case is still open. The horse farm has the rest of its horses locked up, and children are still afraid to go out because, as Animal Control Officer Jim Matson puts it, there's a possibility that there's something
0: out there. It would have to be a very large animal to bring down a horse, especially a horse of that size. I'm no expert on mammals of Central and Northern America, but do not coyotes hunting packs or do they hunt individually i thought wolves and, and coyotes hunted in packs didn't they i think they do so it'd be unusual to just have one attack and one bite wouldn't it unless it was a lone kind of alpha wolf or alpha male coyote that was kind of working around on its own i know cougars cats for example um, lions are very unusual for having a pride and having a group of cats together. I know that tigers and uh, cougars would work on their own and would only come together for mating purposes, but that sounds very strange. You're looking at me as if you've got something to add to that, Heather. And your i got knowledge. nothing. I, have-
1: well, I know that we've had a cougar around here, but it didn't kill anything that I know of it Not was it, it actually got shot unfortunately
0: yeah they've but been wandering was, around the streets i've seen them on um, the news they've found some wandering around the suburbs of minneapolis and st paul you know late on a saturday night having a few drinks with the lads and they get lost and it's easily done
1: you're yeah, terrible. Yeah, it's very
0: bizarre. There's all kinds of things Why in this Why are you country. keeping track
1: of that? That's there's what this, I want to <laughs> just, Everything in
0: Britain is small, innocuous, and brown, and fluffy. We have like, you know, Moles s- and squirrels, and sweet little animals. Everything over here, there's things I've never come across before. There's like mosquitoes the size of dogs with switchblades and tattoos. We've
1: had fun stories. And what about the flesh-eating squirrels I know
0: have. <laughs> you have ticks in this country oh, I've God, never seen ticks, them before there's but... things when you go swimming in the lake that climb up your bottom and hold all night parties Leaches. and keep you awake and they're called jiggers and I'm sure people are jiggers. making this up they don't exist and I trod on a bull snake this week oh, I was walking the through the prairie And I tread on a snake that's like five foot long. I've never seen such things. It's dangerous out there, I tell you. You're better off staying indoors and eating Doritos and playing Xbox. I have one story left for the round of UFOs, ticks and animals that climb up your bottom and F all night parties. It says our mysterious orbs visiting religious buildings across the globe, UFOs, ghosts or angels. A bizarre floating light which shows aliens or ghosts was caught on camera at a synagogue just days after a similar sighting at a Buddhist temple. Jewish Rabbi Michael Oshi was so baffled by the orbs seen on security cameras that he posted it on Facebook for help solving the mystery. The light appeared around 4am and hovered in the car park for just about 20 seconds before disappearing. He posted alongside the video, watch carefully what visited our synagogue today at 4 in the morning. The sighting happened at the new synagogue in southeast Ukraine and got UFOs and alien believers in a flurry of excitement. One woman responded and said it looked extraterrestrial or paranormal. She wrote, but why would ghosts or aliens be visiting this place? I have no idea. But some had explanations, including Mr. Garber, who wrote, infrared light can blind the cameras. It was someone with an infrared flashlight so aliens either celebrating the jewish religion or it's the ghost of woody allen's career and if people wish to see the stories from tonight see the photographs the videos and much much more if you go to our facebook site more questions than answers with adrian lee you can see all of tonight's stories in glorious technicolor Stay with me for more of the same ghostly news after these short messages from our sponsors. The Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group meets my to discuss all things paranormal (laughs) i can't say that properly anymore it it should be bi-monthly but it sounds much better when i say my bumply the group's primary focus is on the topic of ufos but they also delve into alien abductions ghostly hands cryptozoology zombie worms bigfoot crop circles and bird scat that looks like ghosts come with an open mind and be prepared (laughs) to discover the who what when where why And how of these phenomena? Meetings are from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time in the Banquet Room of the American Legion Club in Wake Park, Minnesota. For more information, visit their website, lapig.org. For people who believe that standing in a cold, dark basement in the middle of the night waiting for a horse to be killed is perfectly normal. And I just want to add, if you go to their website, this is the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group, and they have a fabulous Paracon coming up in the second week of July. And it's an anniversary of a very famous UFO incident in Long Prairie, Minnesota called the Beer Can UFO, where a UFO landed in the shape of a beer can and lots of little green men came out and it's the anniversary the 50th anniversary of that very very famous incident and there will be ufologists from all over the midwest coming to talk at that particular event including jerome clark who wrote the ufo encyclopedia so if people wish to go to that event they need to go to the lakes area paranormal interest group either on facebook or visit their website and they can see all the details of that particular paracon The Minnesota chapter of the Mutual UFO Network MUFON meets the second Saturday of every month in the New Brighton Community Centre, New Brighton, Minnesota. Meetings are from 2 to 5pm Central and include investigation reports, open mic, book reviews, videos and guest speakers. Anyone with an interest in UFOs is welcome to attend. For anyone who's experienced a UFO sighting or wishes to go to Mars on a long project, this is the place to be. Meeting agendas, driving directions and tons of UFO information can be found at mnmufon.org. If you or your business would like to sponsor the show and contribute to the beast that is more questions than answers, you are more than welcome to contact me. In the lyrics and the words of the reggae legend that is Johnny Nash, there are indeed more questions than answers. And the more I find out, the less I know, which means we are probably less intelligent than when the show started. I am your host, Adrian Lee, famous for being banned in Lithuania and having the greatest number of listeners in the country of Denmark. If you have just joined me, then where have you been? And what could have been more important? If you have stayed with me, then let me raise your spirits further by saying that we still have 50% of the show still to go. Hurrah and a happy dance all around the bedroom. Remember, you can contact the show at any time via our Facebook site. More questions than answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories and much, much more can be found in glorious detail, including all the photographs, videos that accompany our stories. You can also write to me and send me your stories at mqta at rocketmail.com dot com and my Twitter account is Adrian underscore Lee underscore Tips and we currently have fifty five thousand followers on there so a big thank you to all of those that participate on that particular social media site. I now have been handed a fresh cup of tea and the promise of cookies. I have fresh flashlight batteries and my mother is still snoring from the room next door. Unfortunately, but sweet show carry on regardless. We now move into the round that is strange and bizarre heather and myself are tied on six points each for the lead kim is now on a resplendent three and greg is still bringing up the rear on one solitary point heather what have you got for me in the round of strange and bizarre
1: a chinese actor is sued for staring too intensely from a tv at a
0: viewer wow look into the eyes not around the eyes look into the (laughs) eyes you're feeling sleepy
1: A Chinese man is trying to sue superstar actor Zhao Wei For staring at him too intensely through his TV set Causing spiritual damage Have you ever had spiritual damage?
0: Not through a TV screen
1: (laughs) I did go on a camping holiday
0: in Innsbruck in Austria once But we haven't got time for that story
1: (laughs) The man said the damage occurred while during the primetime show Tiger Mom
0: Have you ever strained yourself while watching a TV screen, Greg?
1: Nope (laughs) Greg's on two points Zhao Wei, one of China's most famous actors That's not
0: Renny Zhao Wei, is it? No. The Chinese version. No. Bligit Joe's Jones Diary.
1: Oh you're terrible. There goes all the rest of the listeners. Stars in the hit. If drama I alienate about...
0: two thirds of the world's population, what could possibly go wrong? Oh boy. <laughs> uh, My last name is the most common name in the whole wide world. More people are called Lee than anyone else on this entire planet. Granted they're all Chinese, but more people are called Lee than anyone else it's gypsy for the word onion you know
1: uh the shanghai pudong new district court refused to state whether or not it had accepted the case but an official criticized the lawsuit saying it's not necessary to waste our judicial resources on cases like these
0: pudong sounds like a tragic accident when the lights are out
1: <laughs> the case has raised fresh many concerns. a slip twixt cup and lip uh the case has raised fresh concerns <laughs> over frivolous lawsuits in china after relegations making it uh, regulations making it more difficult for courts to reject claims took effect on the first of may courts must now provide clearly stated reasons for rejections and citizens have the right to appeal the decisions and it goes on to say that uh, cases have actually increased 29 percent for putting up arguments that they want to hear there. Cases. So. I
0: get the impression this country is so poor. I mean, obviously, China is one of the biggest economies now in the world, but that doesn't filter down to the people. It's a very small amount of people in charge of those industries that are making all the money. It's a very poor third world country. And I suspect um, if they have a litigation society, people want to find themselves. Out of the gutter and out of poverty by perhaps you know suing those that have money and those that are famous, I guess is the way to go.
1: But she stared.
0: But staring at someone—it was a woman, was it? Staring at someone staring through the staring at a man
1: through the television. What was the
0: uh, film where they had this, the television with the white, you know, the 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 poltergeist? I remember watching that as a kid? That was. Uh, Very off-putting back in the day. Shouldn't be watching those things as a kid. My dad said to me when I was nine, come in, son, watch this film. It's called Alien by Ridley Scott. Okay, dad. I couldn't sleep for three weeks. I can't (laughs) eat a boiled egg anymore, that's for sure. Kim, what have you got for me? You are desperately in need of points tonight to claw your way back cat-like into a winning position.
2: Think, spelled Uh T-H-Y-N-C, a wearable device that alters your mood. Think is a new wearable device that makes use of electroencephalography to measure the brain, electrical activity, and modify neuron activity. Simply put, it has the ability to change your mood. All you need to do is attach the device to your forehead, and it will instantly shift your state of mind. A corresponding iPhone app lets you pick the type of mood you want to experience.
0: <laughs> I want to be miserable and depressed, please.
2: <laughs> And even adjust the intensity.
0: I'd like to be very miserable and very depressed, please.
2: (laughs) You could choose to become happy, relaxed, focused, or energized. And the best part is you get to do it without using drugs, energy drinks, or alcohol.
0: I'd like to choose a bigger range than that. Apathy. Slightly miffed would be one I'd like to try. (laughs) Apoplectic with laughter. There must Mm -hmm. be a better range than that, surely. I'd like to try other ones. Moribund. I want to be Moribund for the afternoon, please. Very moribund.
2: What is that?
0: Moribund. There. You don't know what moribund is? No. Okay. It's an emotion, I'm guessing. <laughs> Isn't that the thing you put around is it your just waist? Me? No. It's
1: no, not you just wear it you. when
0: you've got a tuxedo, it goes around your belly.
1: Okay. That's Apparently. a Cumberbun.
0: No, that's yeah. the guy who does Sherlock Holmes And uh, he's a Khan in Star Trek, I'm sure it is
1: That's Cumberbatch.
0: No, that's a type of pumpkin You're getting the listeners confused Moribund is just being kind of down, depressed Kind of not caring too much It's a great word, isn't it? I
1: thought that was melancholy
0: No, that's uh, a guy that plays a musical instrument That's a rock star, isn't it? John Melancholy <laughs> What's wrong with you? You're trying to confuse me all the time you are <laughs> Kim, there's a story in there Desperate to get out
2: Uh, The device is based on neurosignaling, a process in which ultrasound waves are used to communicate with neuron connections in the brain, causing a person's mood to alter. The device will send electrical signals or ultrasound waves to the specific areas of the brain that are centers of energy, concentration, and relaxation. The immediate effects of the think last 30 minutes to an hour, with carryover effects of the vibe lasting several hours, depending on the intensity of the stimulation.
0: Well,
1: I never mind.
0: Yes, we're not in the round yet, not for your mother, so hold your horses there and pull up on the reins, madam.
2: I wanted to read. One guy tried it and talked about it. Um, Boston Business Journal editor David Harris, who got an opportunity to try out Think even before it hit the market, selected the rest mode on the app. I was told I would feel an itchiness, sensation, and even some pain at first, he wrote. I felt a little Frankenstein, except I was already alive. I felt the itchiness, like a pressure building in my temple, and then some sort of zing, a result of the zapping going on between my nerves and the device.
0: And then his bowels evacuated. That's what everybody was. What did he choose? Did he? What, what emotion did he bring?
2: Relaxation.
0: Relaxation. And yes. that was a kind of zinging sensation and itchy temples. Yes. Wow. You, you said that was on an apple? Yes. Could you imagine how bad Siri could screw that up? There you go. Oh. <laughs> yes this doesn't bear thinking about i am um, would people want that would you want your emotions changed i guess people take antidepressants don't they if they're feeling miserable if this means that they could feel happy without, without medication without medication that would be the way to go i would suggest fabulous story i have a story here in the strange in the bizarre that says the letters a o and b are vanishing around the uk well that's amazing outrageous and of course baffling the letters o <laughs> a and b are vanishing from landmarks around the country this is all to raise awareness of of. a lack of Donors during National Blood Week. We started with vampires and we're ending with vampires. A, O, and B represent the different blood groups which are in short supply. Plenty of big names are on board with the scheme which is being run by the NHS. Green and Blacks are among the firms who have made a stand dropping the letters from their name. The UK is currently suffering a major shortage of donors, with half of those regularly giving blood over the age of 45. In the last 10 years, the number of blood donors in England and Wales has fallen by 40%. The NHS says it needs 200,000 new donors this year alone, so they have enough blood and variety of types to meet demand. In particular, they need more donors from black, Asian and minority ethnic communities who make up less than 5% of those who have donated blood within the last 12 months. So if they're giving up around Britain as an advertising campaign, the letters A, O and B, that means my name is now Drin which I thought would be very interesting. <laughs> Heather becomes heathen, which we know all the way along, of course. Do you know what your name, Greg, will be? No. Nope. It's Greg, because A-O and <laughs> B aren't in your name, Greg. Your last name's Gurr, though, if that helps. Greg, Gur. It's, it's spelled how it sounds, apparently. Kim Gur obviously <laughs> sounds like an adult performer. Do you know what blood groups you are? If I asked you what your blood groups were, does anyone actually know? No idea. You've given a lot of blood, Greg do you have any idea i don't have any i know that i'm b positive which i thought was quite funny but my mother is such a rare blood group they actually write to her in britain and say we need your blood because it's not good to have a rare blood group because if if you have an accident they can't get you blood of course so uh, ultimately it's very good to have a common blood group so our research for this week is to find out what blood groups we are but if you wish to give blood it's a very worthwhile cause and i would recommend it highly We move into our final round, and in my opinion, the best round of the night. It is called Not For Your Mother. If your mother's of a nervous disposition, or she's in the room, or you have young minors around, which I believe is anyone that's 15 years old in Britain who can get taken to prison, they need to be removed. Anyone of a sensitive or nervous disposition, you have been warned. This is the stories from around the world this week that are laden with innuendo, laden with things that we couldn't read out live on air for fear of being removed or having 10,000 thousand dollar fines heather what have you got for me in the round of flat bottomly
1: that's a village in britain by the way blood in it as well does
0: it we've had a theme of blood running through tonight Uh, (laughs) uh, 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 uh.
1: i heard it snap and there was blood everywhere
0: that's not good news
1: man fractures his penis having sex with his girlfriend That's... wow i'm gonna go into detail Can't what if they, wait, they huh? just
0: broke off the first eight inches
1: <laughs> a romantic night in with his girlfriend went badly wrong for one enthusiastic lover when he oh. fractured his penis having sex oh no alan park revealed i've never known pain like it before no did, he, they, did they put a splint on it?
0: I was going to say, you can point around corners he, now. There,
1: there's some funny parts now.
0: <laughs> he's using it as a divining rod, and he's found water in his garden. The, you can you imagine wandering around the yard naked using it as a divining rod? If it uh, pulls to the left, you know... You're,
1: you're going walk... to love this. Hold on. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm not loving it. It's causing me issue, actually. <laughs> Greg's crossed his legs.
1: <laughs> the Donegal lad said that he had to be rushed to the hospital after the agonizing accident in which he actually heard his penis snap. Can you take During away sex the sex with his girlfriend. Can you
0: take away the pain but keep the swelling?
1: I think they took away everything. They took away... <laughs> oh, no.
0: They've replaced it with a chipolata. Uh,
1: Clarissa, 22, which is his girlfriend, what said she that been after, doing after to the him? grim injury... She was on top. Christ. That after the grim injury... <laughs> It was a while before he could even play with himself again. He was in that much pain. God,
0: what would you do, Greg, if we took all your major hobbies and interests away?
1: Do you know <laughs> this gentleman, Alan, who was bedbound for two months afterwards? <laughs> I bet
0: he's sleeping on his back.
1: <laughs> he was a jumping around with the pain. Alan said... We were just having sex. I was on the bottom and Clarissa was on top. All of a sudden I heard something snap. Oh. I've never known pain like this before. It was absolutely excruciating. Is that you or me? Oh.
0: <laughs> what was she doing? What's this woman's name again? Where Cla- can we find Clarissa. her? Clarissa. Clarissa. <laughs> yes. Clarissa, the penis snapper from Donna <laughs> Sounds like a wrestling move.
1: Clarissa was trying to calm me down because I was jumping around. It was the worst pain I've ever experienced. I, I notice he brings this up over and over again. Well, he can't bring anything up anymore. We went to <laughs> Letterkenny General Hospital and the doctors there said it was the first time they'd ever seen anything like it. It's not good no news.
0: Kidding. It's not good news, is it, when you're dragged into ER and the doctor says, We've never seen anything <laughs> like this before. That's what you want to hear, isn't it?
1: They actually sent him to Galway where he was told his penis was fractured. Oh. There's it's not no, got a bone in it. How can you that, fracture it? There's no bone in there. It's like a badger. But I was still told it was a fracture. There was blood everywhere. I couldn't control it. So not. how did he? I don't want to know.
0: I know that badgers are the only animal in the kingdom of animals that have a bone that, you know, comes through. I know. Because you can get badger bones that are kind of, yeah, as lucky charms. Not for the badger, obviously. It's very unlucky for he, the badger. You wow. got a,
1: you've got a cane.
0: this is true yeah for christmas everyone thought it was fabulous to give me a walking cane which i walked around with like charlie chaplin until you all informed me it was a dried balls pizzle (laughs) let me just tell you that ball was very talented That i'm six foot two and i've got a walking cane that actually fits me i don't think it came with the rubber bung on the end though i think they may have added that
1: um alan had to have his penis put in a sling (laughs)
0: If it was Greg, they'd have to go out to the sports shop and buy a hammock.
1: Uh, <laughs> um, he said his the taunts at the hospital left him a little fed up. A uh, One patient kept laughing at the pain I was in. Security wouldn't let me out of their sight. I was so angry.
0: Was it black and blue?
1: I don't know. It'd have
0: to be a nice shade of mauve, wouldn't it, I would think? If it's-
1: uh, I don't know, but I'm just thinking of the little sling. Well, I can tell you a story from around here. Oh,
0: it happened Uh, to a friend of yours, did it? Yeah. At
2: the Wyndham Hospital. I won't say names, of course, but somebody had to go in because of an accident in their private parts. And uh, all of the people in these little towns know each other. And he's in the emergency room. And one nurse to another kept saying, you got to come in here and see this. (laughs) So all of these nurses in the entire hospital, whoever was working that night, went in and looked at him.
0: (laughs) Jesus.
1: Was he sedated or did he just flash it for him? Ah, he wasn't sedated, no.
0: Look, it's the last turkey in the butchers at Christmas. Oh, Controversial. I have a story on a similar line, actually. It says, English Resort sees crime fall after Mankini clam down. It was (laughs) one small ban for Mankinis, (laughs) one giant step for English seaside resort towns. Officials in Nuki say crime has fallen since they cracked down on stag parties, with revelers wearing the revealing one-piece garments. You don't call it stag parties here, do you? You call it... Bachelor parties or? Yeah, bachelor bachelor
1: parties. bachelor parties.
0: The town in southwest England is a haven for surfers and also attracts large numbers of young partygoers. After two teenagers fell from the cliffs to their death in 2009, residents protested about the excessive partying. Police clamped down on antisocial behaviour, including public drunkenness and the wearing of inappropriate clothing, including the sling-style men's swimsuits made notorious by comic character (laughs) Borat, which one senior police officer called revolting.
1: Dang, we missed your birthday. We could have got you one. It's a
0: nice, it's a sexy time, you know. Police said Thursday, that was Italian, apparently. Police said Thursday that reported cases of antisocial behaviour had nearly halved since 2009, 2010. So they're suggesting that since they banned inappropriate clothing and mankinis, crime and antisocial behaviour is halved in this town in Cornwall. And crime fell from 1,800 to 23 incidents in 2012-2013 to 1,624 incidents in 2014-15. to Police Inspector Dave Meredith said the town has seen a miraculous improvement. Who knew? Nuki Mayor Dave Sleeman said the town was unrecognisable from a few years ago, when you couldn't walk the streets on a Saturday night without seeing someone wearing a mankini or what have you it's seeing their what have you actually that worries me but now they're not allowed in Nuki. the police will tell them to go home and get changed if they see them wearing one and the guest houses and campsites are pretty good at warning their guests about what's acceptable i think we have turned a corner that man who fractured his bits would actually be able to turn the corner and have a wee i suspect the days of turning a blind eye have now gone apparently controversial you're looking at me as if you have some very searching questions to tell me
1: well i was just wondering how that's on
0: along a similar line as my story because he said he compares it to a sling and you said he got his bits oh, in a sling
1: Oh, i'm it. glad you
0: were listening i've been to Nuki. i used to do surfing they actually hold and the you world
1: had a mankini
0: yes i did yes this is very true <laughs> it was like trying to squeeze two bowling balls into a marble Will bag the ladies listeners and gentlemen. Get to see a
2: picture of that on the website
0: this is true. I see That's what I can. On the back
2: cover of his book, <laughs> yes,
0: <laughs> yes. How to be a psychic Christian, and me and a Mankini on the back is obviously <laughs> the way to go, isn't there? In terms of my theological intellectual debate and my Christianity, <laughs> the Mankini was the obvious choice, wasn't it? I think where we are. <laughs> I've been to Nuki on a Saturday night. I used to surf there. They hold the world championships for surfing in new and cornwall and it was like a wild west town i feared for my life it's the sort of place where people are going through windows and there's gunfights and it was a very scary place to be so i'm not surprised they've clamped down on this because every teenager who saves up their money and wants to go away it's like the spring break that you have over here when kids go away and you see those films you know made about teenagers you know and those comedies that you have on the spring everything happened on the spring break um, is where we are. But I did avoid that town at all costs when I used to surf. It is a particularly bad place. But apparently they've cleaned up their act, and one of those things was to avoid the man Kini <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me in the round of not for your mother?
2: Small penis competition, desperately hunting for world's tiniest manhood. I know where it can be found.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> leave, leave Greg alone. He's been well-behaved all t- how is your ex
1: Uh, oh uh, you're on it
0: controversial you wasn't (laughs) (laughs) wow Uh,
2: contestants will strip off to display their genitals through evening wear and swimsuits at the annual competition
0: what evening wear has a (laughs) hole in it where your twig and berries and your gentleman's baubles hang out
2: i don't know who would
0: be entered for this who's going to be entered no, I won't.
2: Would you volunteer? <laughs> Did you want to be in the competition? Is I, don't that why think, you're I don't think
0: I qualify, Kim. To be perfectly honest,
2: <laughs> the owner of the smallest penis will win, uh, rounding right about five hundred dollars. A crown, That's it? a crown, and a sash at the competition in New York. I wonder how big the sash will be.
0: I bet it's bigger. Small. Small.
2: But just weeks before the contest, organizers at the Kings County Saloon are struggling to find entrance and have put out a call for exemplary small penises from around the world. They've opened up a website, which lets anyone nominate their friends for the honor, and video submissions will be accepted.
0: Video submissions. This is outrageous. (laughs)
2: Earlier this year, a party celebrating those with smaller-than-average members was held in the UK. Didn't we do a story on that one? We did. Three, yeah, with poetry. Yes, three yeah. people
0: turned up, and they were American. <laughs> <laughs>
2: God. The Facebook event for the Big Small Penis Party... The Big Small Penis Party. <laughs> ...was shared PSB thousands sure. of times. Oh. Yes. It claimed to be the first-ever conference for the celebration and acceptance of small penises everywhere... The party was launched to highlight the stigma of body shaming and promised to involve nudity and may contain nuts.
0: There you go. Oh. Young children can smoke on peanuts. Smoke.
1: They can smoke <laughs> on peanuts. <laughs> wow. Apparently.
0: It's been a long night ladies and gentlemen so I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone knew what I was thinking. Nuts. <laughs> uh, there, apparently.
1: Mankini nuts fractured
0: This is the round of not for your mother, so this comes as no surprise to anyone who's listened to our show over the last two years. So if you're still listening, then you've only got yourselves To 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 blame. Well, all good things come to an end, so let us look at uh, tonight's scores in last place with the k2 meter with the dead battery it is greg Ger, and he has a resplendent two points one of those was one for claiming that he had the biggest one in the room and in resplendently first place we have a tie between adrian and heather on six points each and kim is now in second place with three would you like a tiebreaker question
1: you just get it right anyway what's
0: my blood group
1: be positive.
0: There you go. Who knew such things? I oh, shall give you the $33,000 camera because my philanthropy knows no bounds. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are back I with a whole... I thought
1: you were going to say phlebotomy. My frontal... <laughs>
0: My frontal lobotomy knows <laughs> knows nothing in actual fact. Do not fear, listener. We are back with a whole new bunch of brain operations next week. At the same time, and I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal, strange, intriguing, bizarre and ghostly worms. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail. Dot com. You can also join my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips. And just to remind all of our listeners on darkmatterradio.net that if you go to SoundCloud and search for MQTA radio, there is an extra 20 to 25 minutes of all of our shows in a round called Not for Your Mother that we couldn't possibly read out live on air for fear of being taken off the radio or at least getting a ten thousand dollar fine but do remember that our archive shows only come online a week or so after our live shows also i want to remind people that my book christian psychic how to be a christian psychic what the bible says about mediums healers and paranormal investigators is now available for you to buy on amazon at $3.99 And uh, I would love for you to give me some reviews and some comments on that. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunza, Heather Morris, Yatondrainer, Kim and Greg Gore, and all at the International Paranormal Society at intparanormal.net. And all of the show's sponsors, including the Lakes Area Paranormal Interest Group and MUFON of Minnesota. It just remains for me to say thank you for listening. And remember, be interested and interesting. Good night.